0: Good morning, church. Today I will be reading from Proverbs 8, 6 to 31. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you everything i say is right for i speak the truth and detest every kind of deception my advice is wholesome there is nothing devious or crooked in it my words are plain to anyone with understanding clear to those with knowledge choose my instructions rather than silver and a knowledge rather than pure gold for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies nothing you desire can compare with it i wisdom live Together with good judgment, I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil, therefore I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me, insight and strength are mine. Because of me kings reign and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor, as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness and paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. The Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything else. I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were firmed, before the hills, I was born, before he had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizons on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so that they could would not spread beyond their boundaries and when he marked off the earth's foundations i was the architect at his side i was his constant delight rejoicing always in his presence and how happy i was with the world he created how i rejoiced with the human family
1: BC Church family, thank you so much for joining us for Church Online this morning. There's a character in one of my uh, favorite TV shows ever, and his name is Phil Dunphy, and he is just a fun-loving dad. That's what his character is all about, and in the show, he came up with a book that was filled with some of his wisest life lessons that he wanted to pass down to his oldest daughter when she went off to college. The book was obviously called Philosophies, and here are some of my favorites from that book. When life gives you lemonade, make lemons. Life will be all like, what? <laughs> Take a lesson from parakeets. If you're ever feeling lonely, just eat in front of a mirror. And then the final one I really like. Success is 1% inspiration, 98% perspiration, and 2% attention to detail. (laughs) Maybe someone close to you has passed down some good nuggets of wisdom that you still hold with you today and apply to your life. And maybe some of those nuggets weren't Quite as wise as one would think. But either way, it shows that wisdom is something that is learned, right? Wisdom is gained as we continue to live and learn from one another. And in life, we have the choice to go the way of wisdom or to not go the way of wisdom. It's a choice that is presented to us in the book of Proverbs, which focuses heavily on the idea of choosing to live by God's wisdom. And it is no more prevalent in this book than it is. In chapter 8. So the message this morning is titled, The Way of Wisdom. And we're going to be breaking down the verses we just read by learning more about the importance of wisdom and how important it is in our lives. Now, the wisdom of God has quite the distinction from from the common definition of wisdom right all the words all the other words rather that we use to describe what wisdom is supposed to produce in us like like virtue or or ethics or morals right they all convey the idea that wisdom is something that we do for ourselves by ourselves but that's not God's wisdom and we're going to see that we all need God's wisdom to live well and to thrive and the beginning of God's wisdom can be found in a relationship with him just to offer some context to the book of proverbs before jumping into the text this morning the book of proverbs is a book about wisdom and even though this book is a collection of short proverbs the first 9 chapters are composed entirely of speeches in which we are introduced to a cast of symbolic characters including those characters are a woman named lady Wisdom, who offers wisdom and stability of life. But there's also a woman named Lady Folly, and her way of life is attractive, but leads to disorder and death. And what these different speeches do is present us with the choices that we can make in our lives. These contrasting figures are like poetic symbols of the many voices out there telling us how we should choose to live our lives. And in Proverbs, we're told that all of them are competing for our attention. And so here we are in our text this morning in Proverbs chapter 8, which is a long speech from one of these symbols or, or personifications, Lady Wisdom. And so a personification, it's a figure of speech where human qualities are given to non-human things. For example, telling my wife that I hear vacation calling our names would be a personification of the word vacation. Because really, it'd be silly for one of us or either of us to to, to be silent in that moment and to listen for someone named vacation to literally be calling out our names. Right? Vacation is not a real person in the case of proverbs chapter 8 personal qualities are attributed to the virtue of wisdom so that it sounds like a person but it's not actually a person wisdom is an attribute of god always there and beckoning us to choose her way and so our first point this morning is this wisdom is valuable wisdom is valuable At the start of our text this morning, this speech begins by urging us to seek wisdom above silver, gold, and any other kinds of wealth because it is far more valuable than those things. And it's made incredibly clear at the end of verse 11, which says nothing we could ever desire compares to it. Nothing we could ever desire compares to God's wisdom. Many of you know the character of of Solomon, who was the son of King David. He was an incredibly important part of this book because many of the Proverbs, including, including ours this morning, are written by him. And so this theme of choosing a life of wisdom is reflected by the life that Solomon lived. From the very beginning of his rule, he sought wisdom. He was aware of the awesome responsibility that was placed upon him when he inherited the rule of king from his father David and began to rule over Israel. He realized what an awesome responsibility that this was. And he also knew exactly what it was that was needed in order to accomplish such a great calling on his life. Early in his reign as king, God came to Solomon and told him that God can give him anything. All he has to do is ask him. What a loaded question, right? But there's a reason why Solomon is regarded as one of the, as, as the wisest man in history, because in response, Solomon asked God for wisdom above all riches, all fame, all power, and more. And he was greatly blessed because of it. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 10 to 13 says, The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice, and have not asked for a long life or wealth, Or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart, such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. See, Solomon saw the value in wisdom beyond any of those other things he could have asked God for. And because Solomon sought wisdom, all these other things he would be given as well. But that was all because he chose to seek out the wisdom of God. So we can see right away that there is tremendous value in choosing to live by God's wisdom instead of seeking out other forms that would be deemed valuable in our lives. And that's what this chapter is talking about. In these verses of chapter 8, wisdom is declaring its value. Verse 10 to 11 of our passage this morning states that choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. So, what this means is that living by wisdom, God's wisdom, leads to those other things that we can find valuable in life. God's wisdom helps us to have healthy relationships. It can help us to live with integrity. It helps build the foundation for a stable and a fruitful life. And those things, those things can't be bought, right? There isn't a price in the world that can give us those kinds of things in our life, which is why the value of choosing to live with God's wisdom is more valuable than anything else we could desire. Later on in this speech, verse 18 to 21 continues with this idea and says, I have riches and honor, as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wage is better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness, in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. Reading this, I am reminded of all the things in life that I find valuable and that I hold in high esteem. And how wisdom is so much more valuable than any of those things could ever come close to, right? Wisdom provides for you and I beyond what we can imagine and leads us into a life that thrives and flourishes because of it. And so our second point this morning, wisdom helps you to lead well. In the second part of wisdom speech, we can learn that God's wisdom isn't just valuable, but is practical. In fact, you and I depend on it every single day, whether we realize it or not. Verse 14 of our text says, Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. One of the first uh, full book series that I ever read as a kid was The Lord of the Rings, right? Fantastic series. And one of those quotes that always stuck with me from those books was actually from the prequel of those stories called The Hobbit. And at this point in in The Hobbit, Bilbo was in conversation with the dragon, Smog, or Smaog, however you want to pronounce it. Don't judge me. I'm, I'm awful at pronouncing that name. And Gandalf, during that conversation, said to himself about Bilbo, never laugh at live dragons. Never laugh at live dragons. It's one of my favorite examples of having common sense because laughing at a live dragon isn't the wisest thing someone could do because it would most likely backfire pretty hard. See, common sense is a byproduct of living with wisdom along with success, insight, and strength. And this applies to each and every one of us when we choose to abide in God's wisdom. But it goes so much deeper than that. Verse 15 to 16 says, because of me, Kings reign, and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help, and nobles make righteous judgments. In these verses, we clearly see that kings and rulers were the subject of the message. And so it goes without saying that it's still important today for leaders to lead with wisdom. God's wisdom is necessary uh, for lasting impact and for positive change on, on our families, right? Our communities and our world today. It's, it's no doubt uh, that the time we're living in right now right is highly politicized and highly polarized in our opinions. And so as followers of Jesus, where does that leave us? Where does that leave us? I believe that it means for us that we need to pray for our leaders, that we need to pray for our leaders, whether we find ourselves in complete agreement all the time or or not so much. Right? It means that we need to pray for our leaders that they do indeed lead with God's wisdom and that they, that they seek it out before anything else of perceived value. It means lifting up our government in prayer. Right, It means lifting up our community leaders in prayer. It means lifting up our church leaders in prayer. It means honoring God who has a plan for them in the positions that they are in. And it means that trusting that God indeed has a hand on their life that his will be done in their lives and in the lives of those that they have an impact on. And that in itself is a demonstration of God's wisdom at work in our lives too, when we honor God by praying and lifting up our leaders who God has a hand on. But I think the thing to recognize with this is that this doesn't just apply to people in high profile positions, right? In these verses, kings and rulers are in view for sure. But when we remember that mankind, you and I, everyone made in God's image was created to have dominion over the world, over the earth. Genesis 1, 26 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So today, not every image bearer, is a ruler in a high profile position but everyone has a role to play in the life of someone else. You have a role to play in the life of someone in your life. Everyone leads in some way. Maybe it's in your family or friend group even, right? Maybe it's due to the position you hold in your workplace or maybe it's as simple as someone who looks up to you for guidance and for leadership. There is someone in your life, I guarantee it, who does look up to your leadership. To have God's wisdom is to have self-control and good judgment. A life given to impulse and extremes will not gain, appreciate, or display wisdom. And I think that Solomon is telling us that we need to practice these things in our lives so that we may lead both ourselves and those around us well. Make them habits. Make them habits that you can draw upon when you need them, which is all the time. And so our third point this morning is this. Wisdom comes from God. In one of the final parts of Lady Wisdom's speech, we begin by being told that she was there with God at the very beginning of creation. In the beginning, before there was ever an earth, God used wisdom in making something out of nothing. And in this portion of our text, Solomon considered many different aspects of creation and how God used wisdom to design and arrange all of it. Wisdom could say, I was beside him from the beginning of it all. The created world is so marked by God's wise and good design and arrangement that wisdom rejoices in it. Above it all, though, we are told in these verses that we are looking at that wisdom was happy with God's creation of humanity. You see, we were the purpose of creation, and wisdom took delight in how we were created. Because wisdom was there at the beginning of God's creation, it makes sense to say that it is through God, and only through God, that we can obtain His wisdom. And like how wisdom was used in how God created a thriving world, including, including you and I, right? When we choose to live by God's wisdom, we can also thrive. And it's important to thrive in God's wisdom, especially today, since you and I are navigating a world right now in which we are constantly confronted by competing visions of what it means to thrive through the media and entertainment in the comments of friends and neighbors, and by the advertising that in inevitably infiltrates our vision. right? We are barraged daily with voices that appeal to our desires and seek to shape our habits, our choices, and our character. You don't need to look much further than our own social media to find the many voices that compete for our attention. Each voice is heavy with its own values that may help us or that may harm us, and each requires discernment to see beneath the surface in order to choose the wise course. And in this sense, with its many voices, Proverbs 8 mimics those daily realities that we face and aims to equip us with the capacities to become interpreters of wisdom right? The call of wisdom in Proverbs chapter 8 seeks to shape our desires in the way of righteousness, in the way of justice, and in the way of truth, so so that we may learn to seek the things that lead to wise living. Solomon's goal in, in verses 22 to 31, right, is to communicate that God used wisdom when he created the world. God was wise from the beginning. God was wise from the very start of it all. David echoes this idea in, in the book of Psalms, and he writes, "O oh Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. And Solomon, in our passage today, stresses the same point. He writes the, that the Lord formed me talking about wisdom from the beginning before he created everything else. He also says later on that I wisdom was the architect at his side. And it is from God that wisdom is available to us. And only one chapter later in Proverbs verse or chapter 9 rather, we read this verse that fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Fear in this sense is not meant to be to be terrified, but instead to have and awe, and a reverence for God, because you are growing in the knowledge of who He is. And that is only done through relationship with Him. Though Proverbs as a whole is a book that focuses on practical life, it is founded on this important principle, that wisdom begins with a relationship with God. And so our application today is that wisdom is available to you. The truth is that we all need wisdom to live well. We all need wisdom to live well. We have seen how wisdom is more valuable than anything we could possibly find for ourselves. How wisdom is necessary to help us lead in various areas of our lives. And how wisdom comes from God himself. Because there is wisdom intrinsically built into God's creation and his plan of salvation for you and I. It's important that we look to Jesus now, the Son of God, and how God's wisdom is available to you and I through God the Son. In the New Testament, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, that Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And so we can see that the path to living our lives with true wisdom starts with a relationship with Jesus. This wisdom, like we're told in Proverbs, is far more valuable than anything the world can offer us. This relationship with Jesus will have an effect on the way that you choose to live out your life. See, Proverbs 8 is is built to stir up a desire within us to seek wisdom with our whole heart and to know more of God. The word for this is, is righteousness. All the other words that we use to, to describe what wisdom is supposed to produce in us, like like virtue and morals and ethics, all convey the idea that wisdom is something we do by ourselves, for ourselves, and that we can be good on our own if we try hard enough. But that isn't God's wisdom. See, God's wisdom doesn't work apart from, from a relationship with God. You need righteousness, That is why Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 17, that he is not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The salvation that the gospel gives is simply the righteousness of God. And that is why Jesus told his followers in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. See, the Pharisees thought righteousness was achieved by one's own effort. Jesus is telling them that righteousness does bring life, and it comes through being connected with the one who is the source of life and all wisdom. In conclusion, wisdom comes from being in relationship with the one who made the whole world. And that relationship is available to you this morning, right? Wherever you may find yourself right now. We live in a world, again, that is thrown into turmoil, chaos, and conflict. And it can only be with the wisdom of God that we can navigate it and discern his heart for one another. We read today how the personification of wisdom was with God and rejoiced in our creation. See, God rejoices in you because he loves you. And because he loves you, you can have access to a relationship with him. In him, our sins are completely forgiven through God's plan of salvation. And through him, we can learn how to walk in wisdom, in the wisdom of God, rather, that beckons us to follow and leads to a life that thrives and flourishes, a life that chooses wisdom.